Well, thank you for that special. If you would turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Verse 10 to 13. Some years ago, a gospel writer named Robert Deal felt he needed to write a song, thanking God for his goodness. And perhaps you may have heard of this song before. And the result was this song. When I look around and see the good things he's done for me, I know I'm unworthy of them all. But his blessings he freely gives, I owe my life to him. I've got so much to thank him for. And the chorus And I've got so much to thank him for, so much to praise him for, you see. He has been so good to me. And when I think of what he's done and where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. In our Bible reading, King David was at the end of his earthly life. And it wasn't filled with regret. It was filled with goodness and thankfulness. As he looked back over the years, he knew that God had been so good to Israel. David knew he was unworthy of God's blessings, and there was so much to praise God for. And as a church... We have come through a lot, and we have come through one of the best years yet. We have witnessed more lost people. We have witnessed to more lost people. We have supported more missionaries than ever before, and generally done way more for God than we ever have before. But we could not have done a single thing without God's grace and goodness. Let's look at a few blessings that we can still be thankful for even today. So, if you are a note taker, we have seven blessings that we'll be taking a look at. The first blessing, and it's probably the biggest one, our salvation. Our salvation, we can thank God for our salvation. In Jonah 2.9, it says, salvation is of the Lord. Think about this. Before we came to Jesus Christ, we were mockers. We were scorners. We were people who partook in fleshly things, in things of this world. That's where we found our joy. But we never saw our sin the proper way that God saw it. God still loved us, even during those times where we offended him. During those times when there was a demand for holy justice, Christ stood up and said he will go and willingly pay for those sins. You see, Christ willingly came and took the debt of sin from us and paid for it. Paid for it. Do you know how much you owed? While the world was mocking him on that day that he was being crucified, in fact, he even asked God not to lay that on them because they knew not what they did. And Christ bore that heavy burden of sin and suffering and agony, the suffering and agony that we were supposed to have. 
Christ bore it on the cross. But the worst part of it all was that the only begotten Son of the Father, Jesus Christ, for that very moment while he was dying, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What had happened was that God the Father had turned his back on God the Son because now God the Son has taken all the sins, all your sins, onto himself. For the first time and in the la- for the last time in history, God the Son was separated from God. You see, the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible teaches. Our sin is really what is separating us from God. When we take a look back at what we owed and, what, and the fact that it was made, the payment was made, Jesus Christ paid for it. We can be thankful today that we don't have to die for those sins, that we don't have to pay for it ourselves. In fact, we can't pay for them ourselves. And indeed, we can be more thankful that not only did Christ die for our sins, but he also rose again the third day. On the third day when he rose again, it also proved that physically what was happening with Jesus Christ is actually going to happen with those who believe on him in our spiritual life. We become new creatures through him. And then he rose again, and we can be saved because our God is a living God. You see, it takes a living Savior to save you from your sins. It takes a living Savior to take you from the land of the dead to the land of the living. All right. Blessing number two, our Bible and our music. We were just singing, standing on the promises, right? or standing on the solid rock. The solid rock is found in our Bible, right? Our Bible, we can thank God for our Bible and our wholesome music. Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, our Bible, we have so much to be thankful for when it comes to our Bible. In fact, every, every uh, Sunday at the back there, we have a display, and it teaches you the small history of just our King James Bible and how it had to go through so much just to be held today in our hands, what just the King James Bible had to go through. It is because of the Bible that we can stand on the promise that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a promise that we claim from the Bible. If it wasn't for the Bible, all of this would be gone. God has promised to preserve his word, and it has indeed stood the test of time. Despite the countless amounts of times in history where you have seen where people have tried to destroy the Bible, get rid of the Bible, there are countries, there are at least 50 countries today that list how the Bible is under a restriction, it's under, uh, it's under a ban. You can't hold your Bible in certain countries the way we can in Canada. There are currently over 50 countries that have some form of restriction or ban on the Bible. But thank God Canada is not one yet. There will be a time. But another thing we can be really thankful for is that our Christian music is becoming harder and harder to find. 
You can't find good Christian music that will get you closer to God, that will get you closer to a sense of worship, that will get you to a closer sense of holiness. Having high standards on your music allows you to worship a God that has high standards. God is a holy God, and the music that goes to him should also be holy. And we can thank God that whenever the choir stands up here, you can be certain and thankful that they will give a song that will be a blessing to you, and you know for sure that it will help you get closer to the Lord, and it will, get you help, it will help you to worship him. Another blessing that we can have is our church and our ministries. The ministries that God has allow, allowed us to have. Let's all turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. We can thank God for the people in Grace Baptist Church and the ministries in Grace Baptist Church that God has allowed us to have. In fact, whenever I go to the door, uh, this is just me during door knocking times when I'm going from door to door, and especially when we have these tracts, Christmas tracts specifically, and it advertises the Christmas cantata. One of, the one, of my, one of my favorite things to say when I knock on the door and I tell them and invite them to the cantata is, come and see one of Surrey's biggest choirs and watch them bring the story of Christmas to life. Because it's true, we are actually one of the biggest choirs in Surrey. Mainly because not, there's not a lot of choirs, but <laughs> nevertheless, we are one of the biggest choirs that also glorifies God. And the thing is, they are top notch. They are high quality. Our Bible college is another ministry that has produced. And though they may give some of the most rigorous of trainings, and it is sometimes somewhat of a spiritual boot camp, the spiritual boot camp has really turned out some of the more impressive individuals in our church. They're, these are the ones you will constantly see helping around in the church, but also being a blessing to those who they are around. Our church bus, that God has allowed us to have. It's reaching out to families around our city. And these families, they're actually telling us how their children are changing. Amazingly, their children want to go to church now. All of a sudden, they want to go see their friends who are at church. What a testimony. Something else they're telling me is that their kids are actually changing. For some reason now, they don't want to talk about certain things like, uh, you know, this, the things of these world. They, that doesn't interest them as much anymore. And these are kids in the bus, you know, the church bus, right? They're coming from broken homes and all these homes that, you know, where godliness is not really promoted. But for some reason, the church bus is actually making a difference. God is allowing that to happen as well. Our soul winning ministry, we have seen 50 soul winners graduate. 
And, and, and whenever you see one of these pins, that means it's somebody who has graduated from Soul Winners University. This year, we've had 50 graduates. And these 50 graduates, that is 50 people that have a burden to see people get saved, to see people come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And in fact, if you look even at this board, you can see that we've even broken through the 3,000 mark, the 3,000 mark of doors knocked in this year. If you've been keeping up with our statistics in the last three years, that means that we've at least knocked 10% of this whole city. Think about that. Now, now that's assuming that you know, there's not one door per person, right? This is doors we've knocked. It doesn't mean that there's only one door per person. So we've probably reached more than 10%. And that 10%, you can see there, it's highlighted in that orange on that map. So there is a lot to be thankful for. There are even the people of Grace Baptist Church. That is another big reason we can thank God for. In the church, Grace Baptist Church is what makes it Grace Baptist Church. You can go honestly to any other church in the world, but you won't find Grace Baptist Church like the one we find here. So honestly, there is a big thank you for the Lord for that. And I even, me personally, Deviant, I want to thank Grace Baptist Church. I want to thank God for Grace Baptist Church because the path that I was going, my, me, myself, as a, personal, as a person, before I came to Grace Baptist Church, the path that I was going was not a path that I, that I would even wish on my enemies because it was self-destructive. It was a path where I was seeking after fleshly things, after the pleasures of this world. I had even predicted that by the time I'm about 25, I would be hard into drugs and I'd be, I'd be destroyed. My life would have been ruined. But I'm 25 now. <laughs> and God has made a difference. Grace Baptist Church was placed 700 meters from my house. There's a reason why. You can be thankful for it. If you, one person, when I came to Grace Baptist Church, asked me, if you were to die today, do you know for sure, 100%, that you can enter heaven? That was the question that really kept me coming over and over and over. And then the rest was history. But if God had not placed Grace Baptist Church in the place there was, that it is in, I would be a different person. And I have God to thank, that, thank for that. Another blessing that we can thank God for is our health and the protection and even the food we eat. A farmer stopped at a city restaurant to eat lunch. When he was served his food, he bowed his head and gave thanks to the Lord. Some teenagers sitting at a nearby table noticed the farmer's prayer and shouted, Hey, Pops, back where you come from, does everybody pray before they eat? The farmer answered, No, of course not. The hogs don't. We who understand who God is should thank God. Honestly, the world will not thank him. But Christians, you know, we should thank him. These are things that we take for granted every day. The world will not thank him, but you should, especially if you live in Canada. I am sure that throughout at least these last two or three weeks, you got invited to at least one Christmas party. 
and you went to the Christmas party and you saw the abundance of food. And the abundance of food just made you wonder. It's like, where are they going to store it? And the hosts wondered as well. So what they did was they gave it to you. (laughs) And then you got to take it home. You see, we have so much of an abundance of food sometimes. That's certainly a reason to thank God for. Another thing, what about the air we breathe? Do you thank God for the air you breathe this morning when you woke up? Did you know that if you live in Canada, in a, they actually rank air quality from 1 to 1,000. Canada ranges from 1 to 20. If you want number one, go to Maidstone in Saskatchewan. They have the best air quality in the world. Surrey has number 14. Pretty good. Out of 1,000, if you think about it, air quality. If you go to Twasson, you'll get seven. So that's pretty good, air quality. I think it's got something to do with the sea also. But air quality, the air we breathe, a lot of countries don't have it. In fact, if you go down the border, they drop down by like 50. <laughs> okay? That, that's how blessed we are. Our, the air that we breathe is top-notch. Another thing, what about the protection that God gives us every day in our health? Do you thank God for everything that you have? You know, the little things. I'm sure that you don't have pirates that live in your backyard that want your head or your children. There are countries where you don't have that. There was a young man, Alex Lewis, who lived an average life. He went golfing, enjoyed playing with his two-year-old son, and anything else that a 30-year-old would do. One day he thought he had caught the flu. I know this is really bad timing for, <laughs> for this type of season, but his wife thought nothing was wrong and was, that it was just the flu season. Usually after a few days, people start feeling better. That wasn't the case for Alex. In fact, his fever started getting worse. His skin started to turn purple. Alex had caught a deadly bacterial infection, and it had been causing organ failure. Alex was taken into the hospital only to have the doctors tell his wife to say goodbye. Alex was put on life support. Ten days later, he wakes up from the coma. He had been amputated from waist down. No left arm. Part of his right arm and part of his face were gone. Few years had passed and a filmmaker found out about Alex's story. After the documentary, a few news reporters had also interviewed him. Alex, who always kept a cheery mood, even when he was going through his predicament, commented to one of the reporters, losing my limbs made me realize what I had. We can be thankful for the health we have the protection we have, and the food we have. Another blessing we can be thankful for is our families and our jobs. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, 
that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. A job is a way to get wealth. But oftentimes, it is usually after the first three weeks that we work a job that we start adding adjectives to describe the job. Adjectives like crummy or boring or dumb. You know, it's even worse sometimes. The adjectives get even worse when we start to talk about our families. God gave you that job, especially when you were looking for one. And you know, sometimes you may think, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to go get another job. Well, go get one. Chances are you're going to start complaining after. See, honestly, the fact that you have a job is something you can really be thankful for. See, you don't live to work. You work to live. Therefore, give God the glory. Give God the glory. And be thankful that your job is paying the bills and allowing you to support missionaries and to give. Home and family is another type of wealth. How poor we'd be without a family. It is a sad quote that someone once said that home is where you are treated the best and you complain the most. Honestly, that is a sad statement. It is a sad statement. Because you can ask any bachelor that goes to college today, and they'll say how they're lonely. They'll tell you how lonely they get. College students today are what you call the, or what the media calls the millennial generation, right? The generation that is the most connected, yet unconnected. They're so lonely. We have families, but we have forgotten to interact with them as opposed to the internet. You see, loneliness should remind us to be thankful for our families. Ask them how, you are, how they are doing. Go to your families and ask them how they are doing. Ask them how you can help them. Hang out with them. Spend time with them. Spend time with each other. Another blessing we have is our Savior coming for us. This is blessing number six. First Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18. You don't have to turn, turn there, but I'll just read it for you. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, we are the closest generation to the rapture. I know that's been said a lot, but... Try to take that into account. I am the closest person right now to being taken by the rapture. And honestly, it's a sobering thought because sometimes if you're like me, it's like, oh man, I got to get my act straight. Oh man. See, it's actually meant to be a comfort. We are the closest generation to the rapture. And if you think about it, that should be one of the greatest joys you can have and one of the greatest things that you can be thankful for. Because think of it, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more times where you have to think, okay, just another day, okay, just another day. No more of that. Because you know that one day you will wake up and you will see Jesus. 
And even if it is the fact that one day it's going to be either upwards or whether it's going to be downwards, either way, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, you know that you will be meeting him no matter what. So have you thanked God for that lately? The verse we just read said, comfort one another with these words. That should be a comforting thought, that Jesus is coming back for you. There will be a day where you won't have to wake up in these sorrows. You might as well start thanking God right now. Okay? Last one, last blessing, our trials. And you you knew this one was coming, but let's all turn to James. James chapter 1. This one is not so easy because of our human nature. However, it's because of trials that we grow in our faith and get stronger. In James 1, 2 to 4, I'll ask you to also stay in James and we'll end here. James 1, 2 to 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Did you know that most religious or religions were created because someone along the way was trying to reconcile the fact that they were going through suffering? That's where most religions come from. There are world religions based on the sole fact that suffering is happening to you because you are either a bad person or you are surrounded by bad people. But Christianity is the sole system of belief that gives meaning to your suffering. Christianity is the only one that will tell you to find joy in your times of trials and temptations and to be thankful to God for him. Christianity is the soul system. The trials that are there to get are there to be to help you to get closer to God. They are not to make you forsake him. They're not there to make you leave God. Be thankful that you don't have to go through certain types of trials, but also be thankful that you are going through some trials, even the ones that you're currently in. The verse right after the ones we just read, if you could turn, or if you need to turn, it says in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Do you know why we need wisdom? Why do we need wisdom? (laughs) So that we don't get into more trials. That makes sense, right? But then the next few verses tell us something else. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything, anything of the Lord. You see, faith is needed so that you know that though you are going through the tough times, though you are going through the trials, that God sees it 
and that he knows what you're going through, but that also you know that he is doing the right thing. Faith is there so that you don't think that though you may have all the wisdom of the world, then no trial will come. Certain trials you can avoid with wisdom, but even the man with the most wisdom had trials. And I think you know who I'm talking about. Solomon. He had a lot of trials. But these trials are there to complete you. They're there to make you more of a faithful Christian. A Christian full of faith. In order to give thanks during those times of trials, it is going to take a lot of faith. It is. You will have to do it by faith. And I am sure it will be probably one of the most unpleasant things to do. It's easy to be thankful for everything else that I've mentioned. But trials are probably the hardest ones to give thanks for. They're there to complete you. A philosopher named G.K. Chesterton said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. That's a big, that's a big quote. And that's a difficult quote. I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. You want to be a happy Christian? Give thanks during your trials. Honestly, it could always be worse. It can always be worse, okay? God allowed a trial in your life, and you can give him thanks for it. That's your opportunity to give God the thanks and watch your faith grow. Ask for his help by faith. Be victorious by faith. Give him thanks by faith. Usually thanksgiving or giving thanks to God is something that we easily forget in our everyday lives. We go through life and sometimes as Christians we only thank God during that time where we start a prayer or when we're about to eat a meal, we say, oh, thank you, Lord, for this meal and uh, bless it into my body and uh, bless the ones around us. Amen. Something like that. We tend to thank God only during these formal times. But what about thanking God in the times where it's not so formal? You know, in our everyday life when we're going about our business. There are so many other times where we could just be going through our day and giving thanks to him and he could easily be thank and we could be easily we could easily be thankful, there we go, for the things we get in our lives. God doesn't have to give them to you. You knew that, right? You don't have to have the blessings you have in your life. But his grace is what allowed Jill's blessings to be in your life. There were two old friends. They met each other on the street one day. One looked really sad, almost on the verge of tears. His friend asked him, uh, What has the world done to you, my friend? And the sad fellow said, oh, Let me tell you, three weeks ago my uncle died and left me $40,000. Oh. That's a lot of money, his friend replied. Well, you see, two weeks ago, my cousin, I, I never even knew, died and left me $85,000 free and clear. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> Sounds to me that you've been very blessed. No, 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 you don't understand, he interrupted. Last week, my great aunt passed away. I inherited almost a quarter of a million from her. 
Now the friend, the man's friend, was really confused. Then why do you look so glum? And he said, well, this week, nothing. (laughs) There's a problem with receiving on a regular basis, even if it is a gift. We eventually come to expect it. The natural tendency is that if we receive a gift long enough, our nature is that we come to view it almost as an entitlement. We feel hurt, even angry, if we don't receive anything no longer. It is the same way with the blessings of God that he gives every day. I don't deserve my comfortable home that I live in, the beautiful scenery that that is around me, the clean water I drink, the electricity. But after receiving these gifts and a multitude of others for years, I sometimes fail, or we sometimes fail to be grateful. We've come to expect these good things, and when one of them is removed for a short time, like water or electricity or Wi-Fi, we get upset. We have a lot to be thankful for. And these are just seven blessings. I'm sure that you've thought of many more. But let's all stand now for some prayer. And your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm sure the Lord has been speaking to you today about a lot of things, especially about giving thanks. And there's so many things that we have to be thankful for, we can be thankful for. So many things and so much to thank him for. And um, if I could have a pianist uh, or not, there's a lot of things that we can be thankful for in our lives. And perhaps today I even asked a question, especially when it came to, when I came to Grace Baptist Church. I asked the question, and I'm going to ask it to you as well. It's a difficult one. If you were to die today, do you know 100% that you can enter heaven? It's a difficult one. There's perhaps times where you can't even reconcile why you're going through a trial in your life. Perhaps it's because you don't know God yet. But you can personally answer that question today. And if it is a question in your life that you still can't answer, I won't ask you by name. Everyone's uh, heads are bowed and their eyes are closed. But if you can truly not answer that question, would you raise your hand? I won't name you, but I just want to remember you in my prayers. If you can't answer the question, if you still have doubt whether you can go to heaven after you die, just put up your hand. I'll pray for you. And if you still feel that the Lord has been speaking to you about thankfulness, about how there's so many things that you can be thankful for in your life today. I want to challenge you to bring it to the altar and thank the Lord for it. Perhaps there were people today or there were people throughout this week or throughout this month that you wish that you could be thankful for. Maybe right after you can thank them. And as the pianist plays, I want to invite you to the altar.